Um, the guy was our neighbor at the time. We used to stay at this flat. I think his flat was like the one very, the very next one after the flat that my parents and I were staying. So yeah, it was really, really someone familiar and yeah. of stuff podcast show with dr nick continues with the last survivor on the child sexual abuse series anonymous and brief she narrates a child sexual abuse experience well i'm not i'm not really sure but i think it was between the age of um between the ages of 11 to 12 um, I know it happened before I was 13 because I started menstruating when I was 13 and it kind of happened before I started menstruating so it was between the ages of 11 and 12, not really sure, I can't really remember and at the time I, I was really really confused, I knew it was, I kind of always had this feeling that it wasn't right, it didn't feel right but I just didn't know what it was specifically because, well, the guy had me brainwashed and, um, well, let's just say I wasn't sure what it was. Okay, well, I think when it began, it wasn't really abuse. Like I said, the person that the, my abuser was a very, very familiar person. I used to think we were friends, although he was older than me by like seven to ten years, give or take. And um, well, we were really close because my parents were always using him as a role model, sort of. We'll be like this person, study hard like this person, be hard working like this person. So I kind of looked up to him and I was a loner as a kid. I really, really didn't fit in with most of my age mates. So whenever I had problems, either in school or something personal, not really personal per se, but like something confusing in school, I kind of like talked to him about it. Sometimes he helped me with assignments and stuff like that. So like we're that close. And I think it first began when, because I, started developing early i started developing at the age of 11 faster than anybody imagined so like it started then when i started developing and every time like hmm you're going now blah 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 and stuff like that saying all sort of absurd and awkward stuff but i didn't really really pay much attention to it and I didn't tell anybody about it because, well, I was confused and I was scared. I didn't know what it was. So it started small initially, like groping and um, inappropriate touching. But I didn't really, really read anything to it because he always made it look like it was a mistake or he wasn't conscious of what he was doing. And I didn't want to read 
something into what he wasn't conscious of doing. I was a kid and I was confused. So, and I think after then, it kind of the main one was when my parents weren't home. We went to church and for some reason they decided they were going to visit a friend from church. So they asked me to come home on my own. I forgot to take the keys from them. So and it was raining on my way back. So I got beat by the rain. I got home and then I realized I hadn't collected the key from my parents. So I was just outside and it was really cold. So when he asked me to come stay at his place for a while, at least to be warm till my parents came back, I didn't reject the offer. And I mean, he was someone close to my parents, so why not? So I went, I stayed at his place. He suggested that I get out of the wet clothes so that I don't catch a fever or something. And he gave me some dry clothes to wear, which I did, unless that's when I took off my clothes, he didn't give me any dry clothes. He just like climbed on top of me and I didn't know what he was going to do or what the repercussion of that was or what it is exactly. But I know it felt weird and wrong. So I kind of like said no a couple of times. He, it was like he was there for that period and I like... At some point, I started begging and crying, and he just wouldn't stop. So, well, he had his way with me, and I bled, but I was really, really confused. And then, like I, I mentioned earlier, like I was a lonely child and not the type to interact with my parents. I wasn't friends with my parents growing up. I was just always isolated and stuff like that. So. I knew I couldn't go to my mom or my dad with that and ask, okay, what does it mean when this happens or stuff like that? Plus, I was really, really scared. So I kind of just asked him, okay, what just happened and what was that about and what was the pain and the blood stuff? And then he he told me, well, because I am growing fast, I just experienced womanhood that this what happened was menstruation and when women menstruate they bleed it's usually painful it's adult stuff basically so congratulations i'm an adult now something didn't add up but i was like well it's not like i can confide in my mom i mean from previous experiences as a child Confiding in her has always kind of been wrong because she always it always comes back to bite me in the ass and I didn't want that. So I just like said, okay, let me just believe that. Furthermore, when my mom came back, it's not like she had my time or anything, but I still managed to find a way to bring in the question. I'm like, okay, mommy, what's menstruation? Mind you, I was around 11 or 12 and I had I hadn't gotten the sex education talk yet. So when I asked my mom what menstruation was, she was like, why are you asking this question and stuff like that? And I'm like, okay, I'm just curious. And then she was like, okay, menstruation is basically for matured, like it's 
shows that you are getting matured as a lady and it involves bleeding you ha- as a lady you bleed for a while and sometimes it can be painful and stuff like that so it kind of went with what the guy told me so i just felt okay maybe he didn't lie maybe he just stayed on top of me and did what he did or he had nothing to do with the bleeding and the pain and stuff like that so i kind of just went with it but after then the stuff still went on and on and i just didn't say anything because well it was awkward and weird and anytime i asked him what is this about and why is this going on and i'm not comfortable with what's going on he always looks for something to say to scare me you know you can't tell your parents about this you tell them now they flip out they change it for you and so he just said a lot of things plus i'm never even going to admit that they will not even believe you so just you know i just had to like deal with it for a long time till when i was 13 and my parents shipped me to boarding school so basically it went on for a bit it's not like it happened every day though but like i think it happened like once or more than was definitely but it happened like twice to five times something like that within that range before i left for boarding school okay i think um it went on for a year though not like it was every day of the year but it went on for a year before i went to boarding school and i think it happened like between three to five times i'm saying three to five times because sometimes he didn't really penetrate it was just more of groping and touching and stuff but like as far as i can recollect i know he did the whole penetration thing at least twice so yeah it went on for like three to five times within the space of a year well i think it kind of stopped when I got away, when I had to move to boarding school. Basically, I'll be away for three months, and the only time I get to come back home was during the holidays, which is basically like three weeks. And at the time, he already like he was in he was in higher institution, so most times it really doesn't rhyme with whenever whenever I'm home, he might be away in school and so um even if he's around then i was older i mean i was more mature i let him know okay i have a bit of an idea of what has been happening and if he continues i'll just have to like you know take it up so i think for some reason he kind of felt the need to protect his reputation so he just he just didn't try he didn't try to force me anymore it was now it was now more on the persuasive and um coercive side he tried to coerce me tried to you know manipulate me with talk try to you know say some things that would just make me vulnerable but like then i i just wasn't falling for that anymore so i think that was when that was when it stopped mostly because i left the environment to go school in some other environment so and when i got back i just wasn't 
seem gullible and naive person anymore. Well, um, like I mentioned earlier, it was both a mix of bribery, subtle threats, and you know, basically manipulation. So it's just kind of like a game thing. It was like a game for him. And after he told me, okay, you can't tell anyone about this. And I'm like, okay, if what you did is really, really innocent, like you claimed, because I've asked you several what's going on and why you keep doing this. And he told me it's just normal. It's a normal game that people, mature people are supposed to play. Even though I have told you I was uncomfortable this said game so like if it's really really that you know innocent like why can't i tell anybody about it or my parents at least and it's like um they won't understand and you know your parents are all churchy churchy and strict and stuff like that and they misinterpret everything to mean something else and stuff like that do you really want them facing you like that and stuff just don't tell them. Plus, you know, if it comes to investigating the whole matter now, and I say I did not do it, it will be, be like you're just lying against me because usually I'm the one who they ask you to take instructions from sometimes and they just feel I'm just trying to, you know, paint his image so that, like, I can just get away from doing the assignments that I was supposed to be doing. So, you know, like, it was like, I can't really, really remember the details, but I just know then I just didn't, I was too scared to say anything to anybody. And partly, most of the fear wasn't about what he said. It was about my own personal experience with my parents. And I just felt okay i don't think it would be you know it would mean well for me to tell them about it plus this is somebody they hold in high esteem so i don't even think they rate me as much as they rate the guy so i just felt even if i say it they might not believe me or it might just cause like a lot of embarrassment and problems i don't want and i didn't want to face any kind of societal stigma or you know, I don't want anybody looking at me in a weird way. So I just felt okay, I'll just keep it to myself for those reasons. Okay, um I think um part of the issue was the fact that like I was emotionally distant from my parents growing up and to make it worse it was like life was setting me up for like this really really horrible experience because I didn't really have a lot of friends. I only had just one, which was my best friend. We did everything together, we went everywhere together and stuff. So and we went to the same school obviously. So when the abuse thing happened and like I said I was unsure. I had no idea. I was a kid and it's not like I had anybody grown up to go to to ask questions or find out what was going on or stuff like that so i had all all i had was my best friend at the time which was also 13 years old she was a year older so she was between 12 and 13 then so i told her okay this is what happened and 
I don't know what exactly it was and stuff like that. So, but like just to you know have someone to confide in and probably maybe if she has an idea what it is about to just you know get it off my chest, get some advice or something like that. Well, she wasn't much help. Okay, she didn't have any advice and she didn't know anything about what happened. She didn't know, she had no clue what it was either. I mean, we were both young and naive. So, but what happened though was after a bit, I think we had a little falling out that period and she kind of, she kind of used it to insult me openly in school and I don't know it really really hurts so after then I decided I wasn't going to tell anybody about it like for life I'll just keep it to myself because there's no point really opening up about something like that that would be used to insult you even though I didn't really 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 know the implications of what happened but for some reason when she said it the way she said it it just kind of felt demeaning and you know embarrassing so like i just decided i'll just keep it to myself so really back then i only confided in her then i think it took me years later i think then i was between 11 to 12 so it took me till when i was 18 yeah till when i was 18 slash 19 to be able to talk to my boyfriend that i had at the time that okay this happened i'm not sure he believed me anyway because from his actions obviously he didn't bite but after him i told my best friend which is not the same person with the other girl some other girl i told her about it she understood tried to comfort me but like it was too late and stuff like that so basically yeah, I confided in someone back then, but only one person, and it took like years later for me to be able to talk to other people about it. Well, like I said, the relationship between my parents and I is kind of strained and distant. Personally, uh, the thing is, I never had any kind of friendship or attachment with my mom because well my biological dad died before I got to know him before I got to know him so my mom had to raise me for nine years on her own and because she had a lot of bills to meet up with of which majorly the bills are part of like me going to school and giving me a comfortable life she was always away working and it was just me and the neighbors or a distant relative somewhere keeping an eye out for me so we never really had that close attachment I never really had that you know feeling like okay she was my friend or I could tell her stuff it was always how are you have a school okay hope you have done your assignments okay bring your report card why didn't you get first it was always more of the book kind of thing and if it was in books it was okay read this part of the bible oh okay let me tell you a bible story nothing personal per se so we didn't build that relationship early enough and when she remarried when i was nine or ten it's i really didn't know the man 
she married and it was kind of it's kind of like made it look like we got a little more distance because obviously she was she gave her husband more attention than she did me she, she didn't even really have my time or let me say they both didn't have my time so it was just all about books scores grades and stuff like that so we weren't really really friends and i didn't feel like i could go to them with personal issues that weren't about academics and stuff so when they started having children that's when i started having siblings it was just all about oh look after your sister this that and stuff like that to this around cook this to that so it was just weird although i love my siblings because i mean before they started talking i was grown and i kind of promised myself that i'll never let what happens to me happen to any of them because i want to be there for them in a way that whenever something wrong is going on they have somebody to come talk to about it and i'm glad that yeah it kind of turned out that way because my immediate sibling the one next after me she talks to me a lot about things that happens in school even some of which sometimes she tells me oh this is totally irrelevant i'm I'm like still tell me about it and okay i deduct some things from me to give her the advice that i feel is best and stuff like that so basically i would say my siblings and i we are close we are tight but they don't know about it because well they are still young and i don't feel like sharing that kind of worrisome story with any of them yet and my parents don't know about it till now because even though despite they tried to make amends after a while when they realized okay we are not really friends with our daughter and we should try to you know be more close it was too late because i was already, i was already too grown i was used to keeping to myself and being on my own so i just didn't see the need in Telling them something that happened like almost 10 years ago. Oh, is it almost 10 years ago? Like, yeah, it's been 10 years. Okay, so something that happened 10 years ago, I didn't feel like telling them now. Because, well, of I didn't I don't see post I don't see the point in that. Like, what will it change? It has happened, it has happened. And knowing the kind of parents I have, even if they took the matter up and start questioning the guy, or it would just further put me in the black eye of the society and I don't want to have to deal with any of that. So yeah, my parents don't know, my siblings don't know, but the relationship between my parents is awkward most of the times because well, we never really built that close friendship. But my siblings and I, I like to believe we are friends because I know once I go home this December, they'll have a lot of stories to tell me about what has been going on in my absence and I would also give them the ear they need and just you know try to help them and stuff like that. Well the relationship the abuse it really really took a toll on me developing physically, mentally and emotionally like it's it took a lot from me. In fact right now I still feel like there are things that like are still happening to me like as a repercussion of what happened back then so i think the first thing was it made me lose my trust in people like i had trust issues i mean first of all 
and it felt like okay people that you respect and look up to so much can still take advantage of you and secondly the people you tell about it can still rat you out and insult you for it so it kind of gave me it made me untrusting of people and it's affected my relationships with my parents because then i was just so angry about what happened and it's made me angry knowing that my parents never created that safe space for me where i can actually come out and trust them with something like that so it made me angry at that like okay I can't even trust my parents with something that I'm so unsure and confused about. So it kind of further, it's created a further strength to our relationship. Then I think also physically it's, it was, you know, it was traumatic. Like I just don't, I don't know. I just, I was scared about a lot of things. I mean, okay, if what happened, what if that first time was really, really menstruation? and maybe I got pregnant as a result of that. So there was that too. And it kind of made me keep my distance from boys. I hated men, basically. Throughout my body, my stay in boarding school, I was really, really popular for putting down men and boys. And, you know, I just, I was just angry at every guy for no apparent reason to the public. But personally, I just felt disgusted everything that had already happened before I came to boarding school but nobody had an idea so yeah I think that was that was that's the major that's the major effect that I know I got like from the trauma well sexual experiences with partners that's kind of personally I'd say the events of the abuse hasn't affected my ability to enjoy sex that's for sure i know i've had good sex with some people and i didn't think about the events of what happened the only time i know it affects my current sexual life is maybe when i do not want to have sex with the current person and he's trying to coerce me or talk me into it or just you know press me down and then it kind of just triggers me and bring back all the memories and I really don't like that so personally I think right now I don't know what you mean by healthy sex anyway but I if it's what I'm thinking mentally I think I'm I've been able to separate the fact that sex right now isn't what it was then what happened then wasn't sex it was rape non-consensual sex and now I'm grown enough and I can have like consensual sex when I want so if that's what you mean if you mean mentally yeah I have healthy sex physically too well yeah healthy sex too I take the necessary precautions and stuff like that but I don't think what happened then has had any great effect or impact on my current sex life well I think for a bit it helped a little i lived in denial for a long period of time i was in denial i just found a way to convinced I, I convinced myself that it never happened the guy does not exist and i'm still damn me 
like I'm still who I was and nothing has changed. I told myself that a lot of times still I could actually believe myself and I just went on with my life like nothing like that ever happened. So I think that was how I lived with it for between my SS1 to SS3 and 100 level to I think 400 level. So that was how I I managed it. So every other person who knew me, in fact, in school, in SS, SS1 to SS3, any of my mates would have sworn that, ah, okay, well, this one is just hot-headed and doesn't want anything to do with guys and stuff like that. She's stubborn like that, virgin stuff and stuff. But like, it was different for me. It was something that I had like programmed my mind to believe. Like, I kind of turned it off even though that's impossible but like sometimes i get hot flashes of events that happened during that period but i just find a way to block it off mentally and just tell myself okay it was all a bad dream it never really happened like i'm still normal after all he did tell me that like what happened was menstruation so because obviously at the time in SS classes, they had already taken us sex education. I knew what sex was, and a part of me was telling me, okay, this guy had sex with you without your consent and stuff like that. But I didn't want to believe that. I wasn't ready. Yeah, I think that's more like it. I wasn't ready to believe that was actually what happened. So it was just more, you know, it was more convenient for me to convince myself that, okay, that wasn't what happened. It didn't happen like it doesn't exist so it's just all a bad dream that was what i told myself for a long period of time from my ss1 to when i was in 400 level when i you know there's a limit to how long you can keep something like that in before it reach it reaches the tipping point where it all comes up and you can't hold it in any, any longer you just break down so i think that was it for me that was how i tried to cope with it at the time then after i couldn't take it all in and keep lying to myself i had to just like come out with it and tell the people i cared about that period of time because i think in my mind i was ready like whoever doesn't accept me or love me because of what has happened like this or understand that like i have issues because trust me i felt like it's keeping keeping it in and denying it for a long period of time kind of made me develop um bipolar issues like i had mood swings often i was happy this moment then sometimes i get flashes of what happened then and then i'm disgusted i'm angry and everybody around just thinks okay it's crazy that you were happy one minute ago and now you're just unnecessarily getting angry at everybody so nobody actually knew so i just felt okay i think i can't keep it in anymore let me just tell people this was what happened to me once when i was young and i think it kind of added to what's going on with me right now and sometimes whenever i flip out like that it's not about them it's just something from my past and stuff like that so i kind of had to just out myself and when i did it handling it was i don't know it was just somehow in a way it left it felt like i lifted a burden off my chest because i didn't have to lie anymore but also 
it hurt me that some of the people that I cared about didn't really believe me or felt like it was my fault or felt like I had no right to blame any of the people that facilitated the whole abuse thing. So like it was really disappointing. But then again, it was it felt good to have someone to talk to. That's for the, for some of my friends that supported me and tried to, you know, just make me feel better about it. So yeah, I think I think that was how I handled it basically. Help from supportive friends and the fact that I had to rewire my brain from telling myself it never happened to telling myself, okay, this happened, it has happened, you can't change the past and you kind of have to just own it and like deal with it. So, yeah, yes. The straightforward answer to that question is yes, I think I, I think it could have been prevented. In fact, for a long period of time, I blamed my parents a lot for what happened and eventually, when I was trying to heal, I think one of the key steps I had to take was to like forgive my parents as well. Even though they had no idea what happened, I had to just you know move past that. But personally, I think all of that would have been prevented. I think if they would have put an eye on me, if they weren't always obsessing about academics and religious activities, and they kind of paid more close attention to my physical growth and stuff like that and when I was asking questions about stuff if they had given me the sex education early or if they didn't subject me to they didn't if they didn't idolize the guy I would just look up to the guy in the first place or if they weren't always comparing me to the guy or sending me to go learn stuff from the guy and stuff like that it would have been avoided or if they had given me all the attention that I needed, I wouldn't be going to the guy with a lot of problems that I had. Or if they had been giving me listening ear or paying attention, when more happened, happened, my mom would have noticed that I was walking strange. Or when I was asking the whole menstruation question, she would have tried to at least be more investigative on what happened and probably persuade me to say something. But she was answering me nonchalantly and not paying attention. So, yeah, in a way, I blame my parents. But I'm past that now. So I think it happened. And yeah, that's all. It has happened. It could have been prevented, in my opinion. So yeah i think that's just the way i see it there are things i'm going to do differently obviously because i think the starting point is i'm going to try to be friends with my kids well to me there's more more to be a mother than just giving your kids orders and telling them okay this is right this is wrong and this is what you must do this is what is expected of you and you must live up to these certain standards i think it's also important to like make your children aware if you are telling a child this is good and this is bad you have to kind of give them life experiences and you know put them in a position where they can see it from your perspective not just give them command as to what is good and what is bad and you know just expect them to swallow it hook line and sinker because trust me children are always very curious and 
they have a lot of questions even if they don't ask it so i think i'm just going to try to create that safe space for my kids to be able to come to me with anything and give them the proper orientation early at an early stage in life so i'm not going to be overprotective over the wrong things i'm trying i'm going to try to protect them the best way i can but i'm not just going to i'm not going to do it in a way that like okay i focus too much on a particular aspect and something goes wrong with the other aspect and i wouldn't know about it so i think the major thing is creating that safe space for them to be able to come to me with anything honestly i don't think anybody ever really gets to heal totally from something like that the best you can do is forgive yourself and you know try to accept that it has happened and it has it has to remain a part of your story for the rest of your life but as per healing i don't know about that because you're still going to have those scars and um concurrently some things will open those scars and old wounds will be reopened again that's the way i see it anything can reopen those old wounds you, like you can read stories of other rape cases and then you just find yourself getting triggered and you know angry and to me that's not healing that's just I mean, even if you've healed, that's just like reopening old wounds and you're angry about all that. So, personally, I think I've started the process and yeah, I think I'm on my way there, but I still feel really, really upset. Like, whenever I hear the guy's name or see the guy, or I just get really, really irritated and disgusted and angry. Although, not, my, not at myself anymore, but. I think that's progress because growing up, I used to be angry at myself a lot because I blamed myself a lot for what happened, but I've passed, I've moved past that. So right now, I think where I'm at mentally, I think I'm healing, although I wouldn't say it's 100%, but I think I've done a lot of progress, I've had a lot of progress in the healing process. Yeah, I think I'd like therapy because, well, right now, I'm not going to say I'm a psycho or something like that, but I still feel there are still a lot of things I need to talk about and there are plenty other perspectives I need to see them from, which I am not seeing them from right now because I'm not getting the professional help that I need. But, you know, as Africans, we've been wired that when you can't afford something, you have to just accept and make do with what you have. So what I really have right now is talking to friends, doing research online, reading books about stuff, how to move on from things like this, how to make your peace with it. But personally, if I could afford it or if I had a choice in the matter, I'd like therapy, you know, just to be sure that I have seen it from a logical and professional point of view and i've gotten it all out i've said it to be it's all this i've talked about all the details and i've gotten it all out i've gotten all the advice and possible solutions that i need if i had a choice i'd probably go for therapy but i do not so i kind of just have to be okay with the fact that i can't afford therapy for now 
Um, well, there's nothing I'd like to ask, or there is one thing I'd like to ask, but I've always been embarrassed to ask, and I don't think I'd ask that on this platform, but I might ask personally later, but yeah, other than that, there's nothing to ask. Yes, thank you for having me on the show. It was really nice talking about this, and I really hope if someone out there is listening, it kind of you know, finds the courage to talk about what they are going on, what they are going through at the moment. So I just want, I just want to say, do not feel bad that something like that has ever happened to you. It wasn't your fault. Do not blame yourself too much. An abuser is an abuser and a manipulator. And even though they took advantage of you, they'll still try to blame you for it. So just do not give yourself too much hard blows. Go easy on yourself and heal at your own pace. Very important. Try to heal at your own pace. You don't have to rush the healing process. Take all the time you need. Do everything you have to do. And just make sure you forgive yourself in the long run. Thank you again for having me on the show. We've had six survival stories so far on this series. And one thing is absolutely clear. And that is that there is a pattern of abuse. The child is naive. The child is manipulated in some way or the other. Perpetrators are closer to us than we think. And of course, parenting skills have to improve. There is no shortcut to this. We have to listen more to kids and understand their psychology. We have to pick up subtle signs and know when a child is trying to tell us something. Calm down and listen. There's nothing wrong with a one-to-one or one-on-one talk with your child every now and then. This is the last survival narration we have for this series. Next week, Tuesday to be precise, we shall uh, be having the grand finale with an expert on the show. She has worked with a lot of survivors, giving therapy and psychological help to those in need. Till then, Bye for now.